0: Well, good morning, CWC. How y'all doing today? Are you good? Good. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day, dads. My goodness, man. We are so excited that you decided to join us today, dads, man. We love you. We appreciate you. We honor and respect you. And to my dad, dad, happy Father's Day. I love you. Appreciate you. To my father-in-law, where's he at? Is he working somewhere? I'm sure. Pap, pap, love you. Uh, bless you in Jesus name. Take it easier on your son-in-law. It's just a word from the Lord. I'm just saying, (laughs) call me crazy. Um, No, but man, it's good to see everybody. And, and so look, and in the the spirit of Father's Day, right? In the spirit of Father's Day, I thought we would do some dad jokes. You guys okay with some dad jokes? I got to be honest with you. Elder, the moment I thought about this, Elder John, I thought about you, because if anyone knows Elder John Ramsey, he loves a great dad joke, and he's the best that's ever done it, so like, I'm not trying to challenge him for the throne of dad jokes or nothing like that, but, but I did want to, to read some, some dad jokes, because the Bible says this, that laughter is good medicine for the, for the soul, that's what it says, so it's good to laugh, um, you know, a cheerful heart, a joyful heart is good medicine for the soul, and so, man, it's always good to laugh. Plus, listen, the message is kind of tense. So I figured first we'll laugh for later we'll cry type of a thing. So I'm going to set you up and catch you with an okey-doke in a few moments. But <clears throat> dad jokes. Here we go. Why is it a bad idea to iron your four-leaf clover? Because you shouldn't press your luck. <clears throat> That's what I said. What do sprinters eat before they race? Nothing, they fast. <laughs> Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. That is stupid. <clears throat> Why do melons have weddings? Because they can't elope. That's so dumb. It's dumb uh, Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food? No atmosphere. No atmosphere. <laughs> now this one I thought about taking out because it's a little personal, but we're going to do it anyway. I don't mind being a little edgy, but it's not that bad. but listen. somebody's like, ugh. Uh, uh. Why did the old man fall in the well? Because he couldn't see that well. (laughs) I spend a lot of time, money, and effort childproofing my house, but the stinking kids still get in. (laughs) That's pretty true. That's actually pretty true. Last but not least, what happens when you go to the bathroom in France? European, European. praise God. <laughs> European. I'll be here all week. You can tip your waiter. Amen. No. no, that's fun. I enjoy a good dad joke. <clears throat> but for real dads listen, we love you, we appreciate you. We honor you today and respect you. Um, and, and, and look, man, I, I hope by the end of today you realize just how important you are. Um, i'm telling you how important you are as a, as a dad but as a man period and and we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit um today see on mother's day i did a message titled a mother's miracle right and and although the message was geared towards women i told all of y'all pay attention because you'll re- receive something from it because that's that's what the word of god does it, it's the living word, man. It speaks to us. Even if a certain topic is trying to reveal or, or, or whatever, right? God will still use it to speak to whatever situation we find ourselves in the middle of. It's, it's amazing. His word is amazing. But I'm going to say the same thing today about this message because today is obviously Father's Day. And I felt like God gave me a word geared towards men as a whole not just dads, but men as a whole. I felt like God said, take this opportunity to share with the men who are a part of our CWC family what I have for them, what I've declared over their life. Share with them that. And so, man, that's what we're going to do today. So, men, I hope you came ready to receive a word. I hope you did. Say out your say amen before we even get into it. However, ladies, listen, pay attention to the message because, man, I'll tell you what you're going to hear today, your your man, the men in your life need you to encourage them to do what God has called them to do. I'm telling you, women, the men in your life, man, encourage them to be who God has called them to be, to, to live and to walk in a manner worthy of the call that God has placed on their life. Hear me, God has placed a specific call on men's lives men have a specific identity he has a specific purpose for men very specific and listen because this is very very true the enemy has tried to confuse men concerning their identity and he's trying to distract them from their purpose this is exactly what he's trying to do I'll tell you it's 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 not easy to, to be a man in the, in the time and age we live in right now. And that's not me whining about anything. It's just the truth. It, it really is. I, I, mean, I mean, shoot, man. Listen, if you act too manly, they say you've got toxic masculinity. Whatever that even means. I don't even know what, what does that even mean? Right? But, but, but seriously, men, men right now, men, they're, they're targeting men. They're targeting men. And, and I'm telling you, here's the truth. Men, you can't act too manly if you're living godly. I promise you that. You can't act too manly if you're living godly. Now, that's not to say that sometimes men, when, when we're trying to act too manly, we don't act like dummies because we do. They're, they're, I can say that because I'm a man and, and I have found myself in different occasions trying to act so manly that I look like a dummy. Um, so we shouldn't be doing that. But as far as being manly, this is how God created us. You know, he created men to be men. And did you know this? The world needs us to be who God has called us to be. The world needs us to be the men that God called us to be. Now listen, the crazy thing about this this whole subject right here is it'll get so many people offended. Which just shows us just how far society has pushed us away from God's desires for us. It's so true. I mean, think about what's, what's going on in the world right now. Right now in the world, what, what we have happening is this, this crazy movement where gender is fluid. They called it gender fluidity. Okay, But the reality is gender cannot be fluid. It's specific. It, it just says whether we like it or not, that's not the point. It's just the truth. So, so when we are born, we are born with a certain anatomy. That anatomy tells us our gender. If we're ever confused about that, we look down and boom, we know. Listen, God made this, I'm serious, God made this so simple for us. And the reason he made it so simple for us is so that we can't get, because we can't get this wrong. We cannot afford to get this this wrong. And look, he's starting at young boys. The enemy in society are starting at young, young boys. And it's a huge movement right now in America where, where, where they're telling boys that they can identify as girls. They're targeting boys. This is why we see this, this sports movement where boys are, 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 you know, identifying as girls. And so now they're competing in high school girls' sports and, and all this, you know, stuff that's, that's going on around America. And, and hear me, This is much bigger than the integrity of girls' sports. So much larger. I'm all good with that. Yeah, sure. I think girls should compete against girls and boys should compete against boys. Yes. But the enemy has the long game in mind, church. He has the long game. While we're busy with the short game, he's playing the long game. See, if he can get boys confused about being boys, then those boys never grow up to be men. And that's a major problem. And that's his goal. That's the enemy's goal. And so listen, parents of, of, of young boys, man, encourage your boys to be boys. Let them be boys. Let them be boys because I promise you the world's encouraging them to not be boys. And it's, it's really, really sad. And it's actually very scary if you understand the spiritual ramifications to what the enemy is doing. And the enemy's behind all of it. And so as Christians, right, what do we need to do? We, we need to be praying, Fasting, right? The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous prevaileth much. So we pray against it. We pray for people dealing with it, who the enemy has confused in this area of their life, confused them concerning their identity. Us as Christians need to be praying for them, reaching out to them, helping them who are dealing with this confusion. And hear me, this is more than just a little bit of confusion, this is demonic. It's demonic. I promise you, I promise you it is. So our prayers need to be attacking the enemy over this garbage that he is perpetrating on our fellow Americans. Hear me, he's perpetrating it against them, confusing them of who God has called them to be. He's using society to do it. He's using society. So what we see this big push from society is to feminize men, make men more feminine. Well, men are to be men. That's what God created us to be. Now, should men be loving and nurturing and understanding? You better believe it. You better believe it, man. I'm telling you, I love on my kids all day, every day. Every chance they walk by me, I grab them. I got them on my lap. I'm kissing them. I'm hugging them. Telling them how many times a day I love them and I'm proud of them. As many times as I possibly can say. Matter of fact, they get sick of it. They're like, yeah, yeah, dad, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, okay, dad, okay, okay. Like, uh, dad. I'm like, oh, I love you, dude. You know what I mean, love you, sis. Should men be loving and nurturing? And Yes, we absolutely should. But should men be less manly? No, no. But here's the issue. Men need to be more godly. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. The men need to be more godly. Now, now hear my heart in all this. Hear my heart in all this. I'm not attacking an individual person or persons. Not at all. Not even a little bit. But i tell you who I am attacking. I'm attacking the enemy by exposing what he's trying to do in our communities and in our society. So that we're aware of it. And so that we can fight against it. Wait a minute. Because I'm telling you, the the enemy's really good at this. He plays on our empathy. He plays on our sympathy cards. This is what he does. This is what he does. Don't get it twisted. The enemy's the one perpetrating all of it. Satan knows he has to stop men from being men so that then he can wreak havoc on society, so he can wreak havoc on our families. And he's using society to do this very thing. He's using society to tear men down, to completely tear them down so they don't know their place, they don't know their value, they don't, they don't know any of that because so, they're constantly getting beat up anywhere they look. He's doing this so that men can fulfill what God called them to fulfill. This is what he's done, this is what he's doing, and this is what he'll continue to do. He wants to confuse us about our identity as men. You know, I found this this article in in, in Newsweek magazine, okay? And this article was written years and years ago when Newsweek was actually a newsworthy magazine to read, but I won't get into that side of things, but... But years ago, they wrote this this article, and the name of the article was "Dads Carry Destiny." That was the name of the article. Now I promise you won't find that type of article in Newsweek today. I promise you that. Matter of fact, you can't even call men men or dads dads or women women or mothers mothers. Now it's birthing people and it's it's they, thou, whatever. Like this is again, it's to strip us of our identity. Hear me. That's what he's trying to do. The enemy's trying to do. But back when they wrote this article several, several years ago, dads carry destiny. And what it was simply saying, the whole article was saying was this, as dads go, as men go, so goes the world. That was the whole article. As dads and as men go, so goes the world. And what they found in all their research at Newsweek, all their their research They found this, that 92%, check this out, 92% of all the problems in the United States of America could be traced back to one single fact. 92% of all the problems, think about that, could be traced back to one one fact. No strong male leader in the home. No dad, no strong man to lead. That's what they traced them Think about 92%. That tells us that the prisons are full of people, of men, a majority of which never grew up with a dad. Or if they had a dad, he wasn't no good. He was a no good dad. He had no strong male leader in his life. 92% of them. It's wild. Can all be traced back to one thing. Men abdicating their duty. So we've got pregnant teenage girls running around. We've got kids dropping out of school and failing out of school right and left. Man, we got kids stealing and fighting. We have kids joining gangs and killing each other in the inner cities, all over the place. And we, we've, got, we've got kids, drug addiction and drug overdoses and all these different things, alcoholism. And 92% of them is because they never had a dad. Never had a dad to teach him. Never had it. See, what this article shows us is that the men in America aren't being the men God called them to be. Aren't being the men that God called them to be. And listen, this is a secular magazine, by the way. This wasn't just some pastor's thesis or hypothesis for a research paper. These are hardcore investigative journalists that were going from prison to prison, from school to school, hitting the streets, talking to kids, talking to parents, talking to teachers and finding out that all these problems, these big problems and small problems, they all funneled back to one common denominator. No male role model, no dad teaching them what was right and wrong. The evidence is overwhelming. It's not like, oh, well, a couple percent, yeah no, no, 92%. See, the enemy has found a recipe for success in destroying this earth. He's found it. He's figured it out finally. I figured it out is what he's saying right now. He's found the recipe for success. And listen to me, his definition of success is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's different than your definition. That's his. And he's found it. He's found it. He knows if he can get the men out of the picture, he can steal, kill, and destroy our families, which in return will destroy society without the nuclear family, society's gone. It just is, whether we like it or not. It's just the truth because it's the way God created it. It'll destroy society. See, listen to me. God has a blueprint in which he operates off of church. There's a blueprint and it's revealed in the word of God. It's a blueprint. And his blueprint is this, to have heaven invade the earth. That is his blueprint. That is his mandate. That's what he wants to see happen. He's not trying to take earth to heaven. He don't want earth in heaven. He's got to have heaven come to earth. We already seen Jesus come. Heaven came to earth at that time. The kingdom of heaven is here, but it's not yet. Is what Jesus says. But this is the blueprint of heaven. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us as he reveals it. He says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, how hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as what? As it is in heaven. Heaven invade earth is exactly what Jesus is revealing to us. See, our prayers are too often, Jesus, get us out of here. Right? Like, the rapture, Jesus, give us the rapture, which I've been there plenty in my life. Just take us home, Jesus. When actually a better prayer would be, God, help us to invade this earth with the kingdom of God, with the power of God. Use us to bring heaven to earth in Jesus' name. That's a more effective prayer. And that's more of a prayer aligning with God's will. That's the blueprint of heaven revealed in the word. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So according to God's blueprint... For the earth, men play a vital role in God's plan for the earth. Men play a vital role. So do ladies. Hear me, ladies. You heard me on Mother's Day. You had your time. Don't be getting upset with me. Told you how important you are to us. But men play a vital role. Matter of fact, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. God says this. This is wild. He says, I searched for a man among them. I searched for a man among all the men and all the women. I'm looking for a man who will build up a wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. But I found no one. See, God's eyes are searching for a man, for men to be men, not men to be prideful and arrogant and think they know everything, okay? That's one of our biggest downfalls, men, is we think, oh, we're good, we're good, we're cool. We're men, we're men, we're good. I don't need help, I don't need you. That's why we get lost and won't stop for directions. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. GPSO, put that phone away, I'm good, I'm good. Man, God's looking for men who will surrender their lives. He's searching for a man who will get on his knees, before him a man who will turn to his word who will lift his eyes into the hills for where his help comes from it comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth not a man who thinks he knows it all and got it all together could take care of it no no no. a man that understands their dependency upon him he's searching for a man who will build a wall who will build a wall to protect his family to protect his community from the enemy This is what he's looking for. A man who will be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. A man who will stand in the gap, interceding for those he loves. Interceding for the place where he finds himself in. Whatever town or city that is, interceding for that place. A man who will put God first over everything and everyone in their lives. And when he finds that man, he says, I'm looking for a man among them. And when he finds that man, he'll use that man to to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. This is what he wants to do. Here's the blueprint for men. To bring God's kingdom to the earth. Sees God's eyes right now are searching this entire sanctuary right now at every man's heart. Every single man's heart. Sees every heart. Seeing the hearts that are softened by the word, hungry for the word saying, God, reveal this word to me. Help me to rise up and do exactly what you're calling me to do. He's also seeing the hearts that are being hardened and offended and all those other things too. God's eyes are searching the entire earth for a man, for men who are truly his. Who are truly his. Who will stand in front of the enemy and say, no, 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 not on my watch. You, You ain't coming into my community with this garbage. You ain't messing with my family. You're not gonna do it. I'll fight you with everything that is within me. This is, what, this is what God is searching for. His eyes are searching across the entire, entire earth, searching for hearts that are his in a pure way. Not a perfect way, by the way. Notice I didn't say in a perfect way, in a pure way. God's searching. Come on, tell the man closest to you, God's searching for you. Tell him, God's searching for you. He's searching for you. In a pure way, not a perfect way. You know what I was thinking about men of God? I was thinking about that. I started thinking about King David, obviously. Right? King David was a man's man, dude. I mean, if, eh, just a man of any men, right? Like this dude, he's killing lion, tigers, and bears on my with his bare hands. He don't even need a gun. He's telling people to hunt with guns, you sissy. I kill him with my hands, right? Like, I'll wrestle a bear and take him out. You know what I mean? Like, this is how... King David is. So when you're thinking about a man, you gotta think about him. And even though he was was a man of war with his hands, the Bible called him a man of war. He was also a man who worshiped God with all of his might with those same hands. And it's amazing to me, right? Because this is what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And this is what God says about David. He says, I have found a man. I've searched the earth for a man. Now I found a man. After my own heart, who will do my will on the earth. Again, heaven invading earth. He said, and I found him. His name is David. It's Jesse's son. And he will replace Saul as king over all Israel. Now, if you go on to read the story of David, what you find in the story of David is a lot of failure. My goodness, that dude screwed up. Bad. Makes some of our screw ups look simple. Right? Not, to, you know, not to point fingers at anybody or anything, but man, man. Had a man killed so he could have his wife. A lot of things David did that was really bad. But still God says, he's a man after my own heart. He knew David was gonna do all that, but still chose to say that about David. A man after my own heart. Telling us this, that God isn't focused on the perfection, but he is focused on the desire what is your heart's desire? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart lies also. This is what he's concerned with. See, David messed up a lot in his life, but he desired to be a man of God. And so every time David would get called on the carpet for the things that he messed up in the areas of his life, you know, he turned to God every time and repent. He would repent and ask God for help. He didn't mind saying, yeah, I screwed it up. I'm sorry. I need you, God. He didn't he didn't mind doing that one bit. See, men, listen, we're, we're going to get things wrong. We're going to mess things up. But it's important for each of us to understand this, that even after we mess up, we can repent and get back up. We can repent. Did you hear me? Yeah, you're going to mess up, but you can repent and get back up if you choose to do so. Repent and turn to God for help. In my life, man, I've, I've messed up tons of times in my life. I've gotten a lot of things in this life wrong. And I'm sure my wife can attest to the things I'm not even thinking of right now that I've gotten wrong. She'd make things up on me. I'm telling you, you got to watch her. You got to watch her. But you know what else I know my wife would say about me? She, She would tell you that I desire to follow Jesus, that that's my deep heart's desire, and that when I screw up, I repent for it. If I mess up, I'll say it. Now, if I don't, you won't get me to say sorry if I'm not sorry. If I'm not in the wrong, I won't do it. <laughs> I promise you that. But if I am, if I am the one in the wrong, I will repent for it. And ask God to help me do better with my life. Listen, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna screw things up in this life. But thanks be to God, God gave us a remedy for our failures, and it's called repentance. That's why Jesus says, keep with the spirit of repentance so that you will bear the fruit of Repentance. I Meaning yeah, yeah, yeah. You may not walk perfectly, but you'll walk purely before me. And we ain't gotta have it all together. We we don't even have to. We don't have to, to know it all. We just gotta know the one who gave it all. We just have to surrender our lives to the one who knows it all. And he'll be there to carry us, to stick closer to us than a brother. But the enemy, see, he's trying to distract us from this purpose. And listen, he's good at it, man. The enemy's really good at getting us distracted. There's so many different things bidding for a man's attention. So many things bidding for a man's attention. You got work, you got responsibilities, you, you, you know, you, you've got, you got sports and hunting and fishing and, and the list goes on and on and on. You got drugs and alcohol and pornography. There's all these things pulling, trying to grab a man's attention to distract them from what God has called them to and if the enemy can get us to focus on those things, and the things don't even gotta be bad things, they can be good things. But if he can get us to focus on them, we won't fulfill our purpose. We won't fulfill it. You know, it's funny, I always know when I'm about ready to preach something that the enemy don't want me to preach, because all week he's trying to distract me and get me away from it. Like this person's gonna be offended, and that person's gonna be offended, and this person's gonna be offended. I said, I, I know, <laughs> okay, you worthless devil. I know God wants this to be spoken. Men, we need to hear it. And not only hear it, not only be doers of the word, or not hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Not just hearers, but doers. we got to do something about it. Because the truth is, listen to me, our families depend on it, men. Our society and our communities depend on us getting this and doing something with it. They need us to. God's blueprint is to use men to invade this earth with the kingdom of heaven. That's his purpose for us, and the enemy tries to distract us to keep us from fulfilling this, and the sad truth is, here's the sad truth. He's doing a really good job at it right now. The enemy's doing good at this right now, distracting men from being men. He really is. Did you know Father's Day has the lowest church attendance over all the other holidays? Father's Day, the very lowest, behind Memorial Day and Labor day. It would be behind flag day, but flag day is not on Sunday. Like if it was, it'd be behind that too. But did you know mother's day is the third largest church attendance has the third largest church attendance out of all the holidays. Mother's day, barely behind it, barely Easter and Christmas, barely beat mother's day. Very interesting to me. Because here's the thing: what, what I find with us dads, what we do is our kids say, "Hey, what do you want for Father's Day?" We're like, "Hey, let's go fishing, let's go hunting, let's go play ball, let's go, da, da, let's go to the ball game." But when the kids ask mom, "Mom, what do you want for Mother's Day?" You can keep your flowers, you can keep your money, you can keep your chocolates. You go to church with me. You want to make mama happy? You go to church. That'll make me happy. No, not dads. Dads don't do that. And not that camping and fishing; these things are bad things. It's not what I'm. Hear me, hear me. That's not the point. But listen to me, listen to me. When our kids see us men putting these things over God and priority in our life, when they grow up, they'll do the same thing. There's a report that said we're one generation from kids never even going to church. One generation. That's scary. That's so scary. It's because men have abdicated their duty. That's why, not the women, the men. So if we're upset, If we got older kids and we're upset because they're not in church, then the first thought we make is with us, men. What did I I do? How did I show my kids to value going to church and going after God? How did I do that? To check ourselves. I'm going to give you a few stats today before I close. Because, man, I'm telling you, these things are staggering. These, These stats literally changed my perspective when I first seen them. And man, it really lit a fire under my rear end to see my purpose for my kids and my family and society. And I hope it does the same for you as well. So in a family, right, in a family unit, Mm -hmm. if the mother attends church regularly, puts a high premium on going to church, right? The mom does, but the dad doesn't. Dad doesn't. One out of 50 of those children end up going to church when they grow up. One out of 50. If the mom puts a heavy burden and, and, and they love going to church and they're always inviting their kids to church, one out of 50 of those kids will go. Flip it around. If the dad shows regular church attendance and an excitement for the things of God and to show their children it's important to be in the house of God with the people of God getting fed the word of God. If the dad show that to their kids, over 30 out of 50 of those kids end up in church when they grow up and they go to church regularly. If the dad, if the dad does it. Now let's just talk about more than Sunday morning services for a second. Bible studies, different ministries, so forth and so on. Outside of Sunday morning, you go to to receive extra discipleship. Okay. This is what it said. It said that if dad's, show a willingness to go to Bible studies, a men's ministry, a midweek service, because they weren't discipled. And the kids see that. Then the kids, 55% of those kids will end up doing the same thing. They'll not just go to Sunday morning, man. They'll go to Bible studies. They'll be hungry. They'll go to conferences. They'll go after God, 55%. If you switch it around, and if the mom is the only one, who is showing these kids that Bible studies are important, that discipleship is important. If the mom does, 17% of the kids end up growing up and doing it because mama did it. More than doubled when the men did what they're supposed to do. More than doubled. 55%. You give your kids better than a half, a half of a whole, right? Like 55%. But they'll, they'll continue to go in the path that you showed them. More than doubles. This is why the enemy, hear me, is trying to distract us men from our calling, from our purpose. This is why right here. I'm telling you. Listen to this one. And this will be, I think, the only one I'm going to give you. And we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. If a child attends church first. So in other words, we take our van Right? We do some flyering. We go out. We pick up kids from homes. Their parents send them with us. We bring them kids to church, right? And they're excited. They go home and invite mom and dad and brothers and sisters, right? Three and a half percent of those families come to church when the child comes first, when the child invites them, okay? Now... Take it to the mom. If the mom is the first one to start attending church, mom gets invited by a girlfriend. So she goes to church, she comes home, hey, you got to check this out. This is fun. Da 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 da. Had a great time there. You should come with me. It says that 17% of those families start going to church. It's great. But if the dad starts coming to church, look out, enemy, because 93% of those families start coming to church. Do you hear the drastic change in what happens, the shift in society and in families when the men are not abdicating their duty and distracted with what the enemy is trying to do? And here's the sad truth, here's the sad truth. They took a survey across the world, not just in America, churches all across the world. The gender gap is nine to one. There's nine females to every one male in the church. Across the world. This is how much there is a lack of male presence in the body of Christ. This is how much it's lacking. Nine to one. Now, if that was a dating app, it'd be great. Nine to one. (laughs) I had to say it. But it's not. (laughs) But it's not. Nine to one. Nine to one. Man, I tell you, we... We men have to understand what's at stake here. What's at stake? Now let's talk about Bible studies. More than just Sunday morning services for a moment. 80% to 70% of women will participate. Great job, women, by the way. Nine to one, good job. Yeah, you can clap your hands for yourselves. It's amazing. Yeah, 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 it's great. I'm serious. It's beautiful. 80 to 70% of them women pursue discipleship. 1% of men do. Man one percent of the men who even go to church will end up being discipled because again ah, we know everything we're good we got this happening and that happening i ah, I don't really need all that i go to church on sunday i'm good one percent of men seek discipleship training so why do we see society getting worse and worse and worse because the men are becoming more and more distracted it's just that simple The proof is in the pudding, as they say. It's in the pudding. And and, and hear me, men. Hear me, hear me. This word is not meant to beat us up as men, but it is to wake us up as men. That this word was not meant to shame us. It was meant to challenge us. Oh, I see it now. Okay. I didn't see it before. I see it now. You know, when the Lord was giving me this, this message, right? When he was giving it to me, He wasn't yelling it at me. I know when God's rebuking me. Believe me, I've been rebuked a ton of times by the Lord in my life and I'm grateful for every one of them because it was God's grace on my life. But I've been rebuked by him so I know the tone of how he speaks to me when when he's upset with me. This wasn't at all what God was speaking to me. His heart was breaking because of it. And I heard him loud and clear. He spoke to my heart very clearly. He said to me this, He says, I have given the men the authority to be able to change it if they choose it. I've given it to them. It's theirs. They just got to receive it, believe it, and walk in it. But they got to choose it. I can't do it for them. I can't do it for them. Joshua chapter 24. What we find is Joshua making this statement. He says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. He's talking to all these men. He's got all the men in front of him, the nation of Israel. You choose this day whom you're going to serve. He's saying you got to make a public declaration of your choice. This isn't something you can do just in private by yourself. Matter of fact, Jesus takes it a step further. He says, if you're ashamed of me in public, I'll be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. That's what he says going right along with what Joshua was saying. Choose this day whom you will serve. See, this is a choice that we all have to make, that we've all got to make. Right after Joshua says that, choose this day whom you serve, he looks at the men and he says, but for me. He says, but but for me. I'll tell you my choice. I ain't scared of it. I'll tell it right on the other. But for me, for me, public, for me. Then he takes it a step further. But for me and my household. Oh, I love that. See, not only not only was he making a decision for his own life, he made it for his family's life. See, men, we got to make the decision for our family's lives. But for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord, period. There is no other option. There, there is nothing else. We've got to serve God. We have to. See, it wasn't a democracy. He wasn't looking for a vote. He wasn't even looking for a conversation. No, no, but for me. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Period. And it was the authority given to him by God Almighty. Period. For me and my house. Men, have we made that choice? Have we declared that over our families? Have we declared that over our communities for me and my house? I don't know what you're all going to choose, but for me and my house and mine's, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're doing that's what we're doing see listen to me god made men the spiritual leaders of the earth period whether you like it or not don't really matter it just is what it is god made men the spiritual leaders of the earth god has made men the spiritual leaders of their homes let me tell you what that means men we will be held accountable for it we will answer for it when we stand before god on on that day we will answer for what we did with the message of the gospel to our family. Our wives won't answer for it. Our kids won't. We will as the family unit. What did you do with my name, sir? What did you do? How hungry were you for me? How hungry was your family for me? Because it's in the, the proof is in the pudding. 93% in the pudding. If the men do it, the family will go right with them. Because as the men go, so does the family go. As the men go, so does the world go. It's the way God designed it to be. King David, 1 Kings chapter 2 at the beginning of it. King David is dying. He's on his deathbed. He ain't got long to live. He knows it moments away from dying. And he calls his son into the room, his son Solomon. And this is what he says to him. He says, I am going the way of the earth. In other words, I'm going like your dad or your grandpa and your great granddaddy. I'm going the same way they did. We're, we're going to die. I'm going to die because nothing's greater than the grave. So I'm about to go there, son. And listen to the last words he speaks to his son. He says, so be strong. So be strong and prove yourself a man. Well, that's good advice to a boy. Son, be strong and you prove to be a man. And he goes on to clarify what that looks like. That doesn't look like arrogant prideful, chauvinistic. It don't look like those things. No, no, no. This is what it looks like, the Bible says. Do your duty to the Lord your God. Walk in his ways, keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimony. According to what is written in the law of Moses, so that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. Be strong and prove yourself a man by living for God with all your heart. David is showing us not only how to live as men, but he's also showing us men who have sons, raising up sons, how to raise our, our, our boys. Be strong. Prove to be a man. Prove it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You want to be a man? Walk it out. Talk about it. And those of us with daughters, we got little baby girls. Let me tell you how important it is for us to show them what it looks like to be a man of God. Because I promise you this, your daughter's watching you and how you treat your wife, her mother, and she'll choose someone just like you. And if that's good, awesome. But if that's bad, scary. How sad would that be? We're setting the precedents in our lives, guys, for our families. Men, that's what we're doing. Whether our lack of involvement or otherwise, we're setting the precedent. Be strong and prove yourself a man by living a godly life, by living for God with all your heart. That's how you prove to be a man. Listen, because men have advocated their duty, or abdicated, not advocated, abdicated their duties. We see women being abused. We see kids being abused. We see wives run down. We see kids hurting. We see kids fatherless. We see kids struggling with drug addiction and porn addiction and all these different things, alcoholism at a very young age. If 92% of all the world's problems, all of America's problems actually is what the study said. If 92% of America's problems were all because one reason, that there was a lack of a male leader in the home, no dad, then the opposite can be true. The opposite can be true. If the men start rising up and doing what God has called them to do, living godly lives and being manly about it, strong about it, if they do that, then 92% of our community's problems will have to leave in Jesus' name. It, it'll have, they'll have to. They're there, 92%, because of one thing. If we change that, 92% has got to go. It has to go. And man, we, we we've got to be strong and prove. Prove to others to be men. And men who are living godly lives. Treating our wives the way they should be treated. Loving our wives as Christ loved the church. That he would give his life for the church. This is an everyday commitment to your wife. Not provoking your children to anger. But dealing with them with understanding and patience and love. This is what the Bible tells you as a man. Listen, men who run from their duty are cowardly. They're cowardly. Men who stand who build a wall, who stand in the gap. These are real men. These are real men. And ladies, hear me. Encourage your man to be a man. Encourage him. I'm telling you, man, in different seasons of my life, when I find myself not acting according to what God has called me to act like, and there has been seasons in my life where that happens. Because I get distracted. I get confused, just like any other guy. And in those seasons, when I find myself away from the call that God placed on my life, my wife comes to me and says, Honey, I need you to be the man God's called you to be. She encourages me and reminds me, Honey, our kids need you to be who God called you to be. Get your eyes back on Him. I'd like to say I listen every time, but sometimes I'm hard-headed. It takes me a minute. But she's right. Listen. You need to tell your man how much we need him, how much the church needs him, how much society needs him. We need him. Listen to me. We need our men. We need our men to be winners, not whiners. We need our men to be winners, not losers. We need our men to be victors, not victims. I tell wives all the time when they're struggling in their marriage and they come and see me, if you want a winner as a husband, give him a win. You speak winning thoughts and words over him. Don't keep tearing him down. And he to do no good. You want your wife to feel loved and appreciated, then tell her. Stop talking down to her. If we want to see our men be winners, we tell them. Man, God has given you everything you need. He's given you the authority. All you got to do is choose it, receive it, and walk in it, honey. I know you can do it because God said it. Man, we got to be a people who will build a wall, a men group of men who will build a wall, stand in the gap for our communities, for our families. We can't afford to let the enemy keep confusing us and distracting us. We, we can't do it. Today, I hope that we all declare enough is enough. It's it. I'm, for me, I don't know what anybody else is going to do, but this word for me, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So you can choose that this day. What are you going to do with it, with these stats I just gave you? Because, man, if we choose to change it, we can literally shake this whole stinking nation for the gospel of Jesus Christ if the men will do it. We'll shake everything up. Twelve men shook the world. What do you think God would do with a couple hundred men who got hungry for him? Come on, stand to your feet. Man, God has given you the authority to do it. He's given it to you. You just got to receive it and choose it. I choose it. And listen, you ain't got to do it on your own. And I'm constantly pressing into the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Help me to be a man that leads my family. Help me, God. Give me wisdom. Give me clarity. Give me revelation from your word to help lead my wife in this church, in our community. Help me. And man, he's faithful. He's faithful. To fulfill that very thing. So you got to do it on your own. You also can't, you can't do it on your own. Not only do you need to be asking God for his help, but you need other men around you. Do you know the Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another man? Men sharpen one another. Men do that for men. And listen, men, men, every Tuesday night, we meet at 630. There's a men's group that meets. Now that I'm done with Wednesday nights, I'll be there too. Then I'll have to teach on Wednesday no more. Man, come. Come. Let's sharpen each other. Let's get hungry for the things of God together. Let's encourage each other. Strengthen each other. So I encourage you to come. 6.30, right here, Tuesday night. You want to make a change in the way things are going in in the world? Change your life first. Change how you're living. Go after God with everything that's within you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for each and every man that's represented in this room. Every man that's watching online, whether they're watching now or later. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you'll begin to draw them. That God, you'll begin to strengthen them that you'll begin to speak these words of life and encouragement over them. And we bind any of the words of the enemy away from them right now. These words of their less than, they're not needed, they're not appreciated, they're not respected. We bind that in Jesus' name and we loose the word of the Lord upon them. This purpose that God has for them to bring heaven to earth. I release that. I loose that in Jesus' name in this place. And Lord, I lift up each and every man here. I pray that those that are far from you right now in this moment would choose this day whom they will serve. That they would choose to give their life to you fullheartedly, wholeheartedly. I pray that. And for those of us who have already given our lives to you, Lord, I pray that today would mark the start of a brand new fire and hunger in us to go after you Jesus because it, it, it's bigger than just us it's bigger than us man the world needs us to do it I pray by the spirit you would help us to do it Lord strengthen the men Jesus touch them I lift up the ladies to you God I thank you for our women the hunger that they have for you how they pursue you Jesus I thank you for them I speak your blessing over them Lord, I lift up our kids to you. I pray protection over them. Yeah, I pray a wall of fire and a hedge of protection all about them. Hallelujah. We speak the full armor of God on them. Yeah, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Lord, we bless your name you have the name that is given by which men must be saved we thank you for that today we glorify you Jesus and I pray for the dads God I speak a blessing over every father in the house and watching online bless them with your favor hallelujah bless them with your health divine healing over their bodies in Jesus name yeah Lord Bless them on Father's Day, I pray, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Amen.